What medical lessons have we learned from the San Diego wildfires that caused the evacuation of over 300,000 people? Join us today for our show, Out of the Ashes, Medical Lessons Learned from the San Diego Wildfires. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Andrew Krakowski, your host of the Boondocks Wilderness and Travel Medicine Show. With me today is Mr. Charles Wilson. Mr. Wilson's Executive Director of the Chadwick Center for Children and Families, a featured part of Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. It provides a spectrum of services with an integrated, multidisciplinary approach to healing intervention and family support, specifically as it pertains to child abuse, sexual assault, family violence, and other forms of traumatic stress. Mr. Wilson, welcome to our program. Thank you very much. Well, how about we jump right into it and you tell us a little bit about the Chadwick Center and the mission statement for the center. Well, the Chadwick Center actually has its origins back in 1970 when a gentleman by the name of David Chadwick, who's a, somewhat of an iconic pediatrician of, who was the medical director of Children's Hospital at the time, began to recognize that we were seeing more and more abused children, but the hospital itself had not really organized its resources. And so he began what was probably the third community child abuse meeting in the country where we're bringing all the systems together. And that meeting continues to, to this day. So we began as, actually, we were called the Center for Child Protection in the early days, and the focus was on child abuse and neglect. By the 1990s, we had begun to recognize the psychological impact of children witnessing violence, particularly domestic violence, being in the homes where their parents are seriously injured and sometimes killed. So we developed programs for family violence. And then as we moved into the late 1990s into the 2000s, we began to increasingly aware that the, the treatment protocols and interventions that had been so successful with, with abused children and children who'd witnessed violence also transcended into other forms of traumatic stress. So unfortunately, when, ten, when San Diego had a school shooting followed a month later by a second school shooting, we were part of those that responded and worked directly with some of the victims. And when did you start getting involved in terms of the trauma or traumatic stress that can come as a result of wildfires? Our taste of that happened in 2003 when what was called the Cedar Fire, which was the fire that preceded the fall, the fire this fall. It, it burned an area almost as large. Actually, I think more homes were lost in that one. And in many ways, that fire produced much more trauma in San Diego. The city in many ways was less prepared for it. The evacuations were less widespread but that put more people perhaps in fire zones. And we had more loss of life. But we also had children who were in cars, driving through the flames, seeing cars in front of them burst in flames from the heat, and some really horrible stuff. So we've emerged over the years as an institution that focuses on helping children come to grips with when the unthinkable happens to them or happens in front of them or to those around them. So you had some time to sort of prepare between that first group of fires to the ones that occurred this year? Well, in a number of ways. Long about 2001, the federal government set up a network of trauma centers around the country to be something called the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. And the National Child Traumatic Stress Network has a national center, which is actually shared by UCLA and Duke, and 13 treatment and services adaptation centers. So we're one of those 13 centers around the country, along with UC San Francisco, Yale, Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh, a number of sites, and then a series of community agencies. So we began to put our heads together, figuring out how do we respond to a variety of different trauma events, working with some folks at UCLA who had been involved in mass trauma work for close to a decade, responding to earthquakes around the world and developing a model called psychological first aid. We looked at the research and literature and said that was the way we wanted to be trained. The other lesson we learned from the 2003 fires was we need to be organized before it happened. 
so rather than looking for mental health professionals who can go help out, we actually created a series of voluntary teams in Rady Children's Hospital. And so they're organized kind of like the National Guard. They all have their day jobs. But when needed, we have 100-plus people who are organized into teams who we can deploy to respond to crisis. And we or after the, actually we learned that lesson after the school shootings. So we trained them. Ironically, the day after we trained them, the Cedar Fire started. So within the first week of having organized and trained this team of people, we all of a sudden had a need and went into immediate action mode, working with kids who were in shelters, but ultimately with some of the kids who were actually in the fires themselves and, and saw some of the, the fatalities. So those kids had a much more traumatic experience. Paint for our listeners a picture as to what sort of emotional distress we're talking about here. Well, I think it's you can see this almost in a series of concentric circles from the fire, but there's another set of factors that has a lot to do with how kids respond. So from the fire's point of view, the trauma, traumatic experience is probably it reflected by the proximity to the fire, the sense of personal endangerment, what sights and sounds and smells they heard. So children who were exposed, for example, some of the, the animals, the farm animals and, and wildlife that were fired, if their evacuation route took them by a burnt horse carcass or something like that, those children were going to have a much different experience than children sitting on the other side of the city watching this on TV. So the level of traumatic experience has much to do with the sense of personal endangerment, the life-threatening nature of how the child perceives that nature, what they saw, how personally connected they are. Those that lost their homes obviously are much more affected. So you can almost envision that as like the epicenter flowing outward. But there's another factor that cuts across that that changes the response dramatically, and that has to do with the child's prior trauma histories. So, in fact, we have some of our abused kids or some of the children who witness violence who are affected much more by the fires, even though they were miles away from the fires, than children who were evacuated in much more dangerous circumstances because trauma builds on trauma. And one traumatic experience sets the child up to react to traumatic stressors in a way that produces a sense of, of fear and anxiety based on the triggering event. So the fires had, had the triggering event, particularly given the nature of some of the coverage. But if everybody, all the adults in the household were watching the TVs, and we sat in the command center of the hospital and began to realize that the same house was burning over and over and over again. It was just a loop of the tape showing one house going up in Rancho Bernardo. But for children, that's house after house after house that's burning. And so the sense of anxiety was probably much greater for those kids. And if they had prior trauma histories, it was, it was probably driven to a much higher extreme, and that child's more likely to need ongoing support than some of the children for whom this was one horrible, aberrant event, and, but now their family's there and everybody's okay, and they, they decide the world is still a safe place. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Andrew Krakowski, and I'm speaking with Mr. Charles Wilson, Executive Director of the Chadwick Center in San Diego, California. And we're discussing the medical lessons learned from the San Diego wildfires. Mr. Wilson, please tell us, if you would, some of the common reactions that children have to an event like a wildfire. Well, the fire itself probably produces some unique manifestations of it, but, but the symptoms you'd expect are probably pretty typical of other types of traumatic events. Trauma in a child's life kind of falls into several different issues. There's acute trauma. And for many children in San Diego, or if this happens in, as it did in Los Angeles County or Orange County or anywhere else in the country, you have this unusual event. The child's life is otherwise organized and seems like a safe, secure place, and then this bad thing happens. For those types of children, it will be upsetting, and you'll typically experience 
you know, you might have some sleep disturbance issues. There, the child may, you know, it depends on the age and developmental level of the child, but you may get some regression of behavior. You may get increased activity where the child seems more kind of hyper or, conversely, more withdrawn. They may be more irritable. You may get aggression, you know, outburst of aggression. They may, it's all this, as the child's trying to kind of work through this, it's something you as a pediatrician would recognize is, you know, this is kind of, you know, when kids things happen to kids that are upsetting, they kind of react in a different way. They, they find a different way of managing it. Even some constitutional symptoms seem to manifest more. You'll probably get, you know, children talking about, they may be more likely to, to experience some, you know, talk about headaches or their stomach aches and that type of thing. Uh, it may change their sleep patterns or their appetite. So that's actually fairly normal. So for the kids for this is an acute event, for the most part, they're likely, most of those kids will kind of work through that. That's kind of normal. And in four to six weeks, they're kind of back to normal. And the sooner you can get them after the event back into their normal routine, back in their normal pattern, back in school, whatever it is that produces their normal routine, which provides the security of that routine, the more likely you are to hasten that event. So for most of the children, the experience will not be something that requires ongoing mental health interventions. They may have some post-traumatic stress, but it's short-term and doesn't qualify as post-traumatic stress syndrome or anything approaching that. For the kids who are chronic trauma victims, for which this event is just the latest in a series of assaults in their life, and unfortunately that's thousands of children in San Diego and across the country. It's watching dad beat mom, it's being molested or being beaten, and the same child was in automobile accidents because somebody was drinking and crashed the car. They were there when the cops broke in and the, and, and the SWAT team arrested dad. All those traumas have begun to shape their worldview as the world is a dangerous and scary place. And now the fires come, and this is just yet another assault. And for those kids, some sort of clinical intervention and stable environments are actually probably pretty important because without that, they're at much greater risk of developing really long-term responses to trauma that become very maladaptive and can end up creating long-term not just mental health issues, but there's some fascinating research the CDC has been doing in San Diego for a decade now that's linked these types of traumatic events, not wildfires, but just traumas, to cancer and heart disease because people start lifestyle behaviors trying to deal with it internally that of smoking and overeating and engaging in multiple sexual partners and things to try and come to grips with their traumatic response. So for kids who've had a lot of trauma experience, they probably need professional help by somebody who really understands child trauma and some of the research-supported methods of trying to help kids heal from it. And what can I do as a parent at home that can sort of maximize my chances that my child will get through a crisis like this? The best predictor of the child's recovery from trauma events is a supportive caregiver, so a calm, supportive caregiver. So in the midst of crisis, if, if mom and dad are calm, this is inconvenient, but it's, it's okay, this would be kind of an adventure, we're going here then the child's reading those messages. So, so the first thing, even in the midst of the crisis, as the evacuation's going on or whatever, is sending the child comf- comforted, reassuring messages. That'll have a huge amount. If parents are, are being triggered, if they are being emotional, if they are seen, you know, becoming angry at each other or just frightened and telegraphing out the child, then the child's going to internalize those emotional states and that won't be able. So first, be a good role model. I'm acting calm. I'm acting responsible. The child will help read that. Basically, Another issue is encourage the child to play a helpful role. I guess it's kind of an outdoor show, if I understand the title. This may sound like a funny analogy, but I used to do a lot of backpacking, and several times it would be intense when bears came sniffing around. 
And as long as I was intent with somebody else where I was reassuring and comforting them and I was doing something proactive, it wasn't frightening. One night I was in a tent by myself when a bear was on the other side. And something about being there by yourself, not able to do anything, made that a much more uncomfortable circumstance. Well, the analogy and how it relates to this is give the child some task to do. Make them part of the solution. In the short run, that's collecting things they want to take with them for the evacuation. If you're a shelter, it's helping, encouraging them to help serve food out to people or do something where they become part of one of the helpers, and that will help give them a sense of mastery over the situation. Great. Well, I'd like to thank Mr. Charles Wilson from the Chadwick Center for Children and Families here in San Diego, California, for stopping by. He's been our guest today as we've been discussing medical lessons learned from the San Diego wildfires. Thank you so much, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. I'm Dr. Andrew Krakowski, your host of the Boondocks Wilderness and Travel Medicine Show. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. As always, we welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. 